0: So I married an alcoholic is sponsored by Realtorandababy.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in Greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. Realtorandababy at gmail.com.
1: Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, Lords, ladies, gays, straights, cats, dogs, birds, etc., etc. It is season two, episode twenty-four. Of the world-famous, chart-topping, So I Married an Alcoholic podcast. I'm Chris, I'm an alcoholic.
2: And I'm Megan, and I'm an alcoholic.
1: And we are once again broadcasting from the Palatial Estate de Antigay P, bringing you a very special holiday edition of the So I Married an Alcoholic podcast. Say hello, my love. My name's JP, and I'm an alcoholic. Hello. Hello, Christopher. You say it all gay and shit. I'm gay. (laughs) (laughs) You just sounded
2: like a Muppet, not a gay man.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, it is what it is to each their own. Friendly reminder that my pronouns are junkie, alcoholic, and asshole. Want to make sure we thank the sponsors right up front. The studio sponsor is Marlan Graphics, marlanegraphics.com for all of your printing needs. And the show sponsor is Realtor and a Baby, realtorandababy.com. For all of your real estate needs, Auntie Gay P, would you like to PSA for us this evening? No. You are the marquee sponsor.
2: <laughs> marquee sponsor.
1: Of the PSA. I know, but I can't do it as well as you guys because I'm too gay.
2: All right. Well, <laughs> I don't think that's why. That
1: happens. Maybe you need to work on your not-so-gay broadcasting. And not the double penetration. No, no, there's always double penetration, especially... At the Palatial Estate Day, Auntie Gay P, For all your double penetration needs. That's right. Okay. Uh, well, it's 4th of July. Literally, we are broadcasting on the 4th of July. So let's PSA regarding the 4th of July. And this PSA, as well as all the other PSAs, are brought to you by Auntie Gay P's House of Fetishes. Auntie Gay P's House of Fetishes for all of your double penetration needs. I'm going to make sure I take a picture of this because JP in his house has like mood I don't lighting, know, mood lighting mm-hmm. lava lamps, dildo plants. No, no lava lamps. lamps. No lava lamps. Anyways, he's like, What color do you want? And I was like, Oh, red. I believe it's called Broadcasting Red. And it looks like the red light district in here. Surprised mm-hmm. it's not a train of gay men outside waiting to penetrate my butthole. <laughs> Maybe there is. I was just
2: going to say, have you looked out the door recently? No, I'm afraid.
1: (laughs) Be very afraid. I have a a virgin asshole. Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, Okay. Uh Mm -hmm. Keep telling yourself Mm -hmm. that.
1: (laughs) So this PSA, in line with the 4th of July, is please have fun with your fireworks. Do not burn your dicks off.
2: So true. I don't like fireworks personally.
1: No, Megan's not a loud noises kind of girl.
2: Nope. Not interested. That's not,
1: fair.
0: Not even in bed.
2: Nope.
1: What's well, a good thing? I don't swing a mean <laughs> hammer. <laughs> Can't make loud noises with this floppy donkey dick. Mini donkey dick. Mini donkey dick. Mini donkey di- baby donkey dick. What's a baby donkey I was called?
2: Just, I, an ass is the male donkey. Oh, it has a name. Not a Jimmy. That's a baby kangaroo.
1: Or a topping for ice cream. <laughs> Actually, I don't think you're allowed to nah, say Jimmy's anymore. No, I think Jimmy's, Jimmy's got anymore. canceled. Yeah. All right. I think it's called sprinkles. Anyways, oh. don't burn your dicks off. That's tonight's PSA. As always, brought to you by Auntie Gay P's House of Fetishes. Auntie Gay P's House of Fetishes for all of your double penetration needs. Mm. Ooh. That was random. Sorry. Do you have your finger in your butthole?
0: Not yet. All right. Cool.
1: So we were talking when we came up here, which was literally just a couple hours ago. We rolled into town. The various topics that we could discuss tonight. And we came up with a couple of good ones. And I think there's two in particular that we really want to talk about. One of which is time. I think time is sometimes overrated and also underrated when it comes to the program of Alcoholics Anonymous or anybody in recovery for that matter. So we'll dive into that a little bit. The other one is fate. That's the cops rolling by. I don't know if you can hear that in the background. Auntie Gay P turned on the red lights. They know the doors are open. <laughs> 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 it's business time, baby.
2: How's that feel? You guys know they aren't coming for you this time.
1: I mean, there's a, a definitely a sense of security that comes along with
2: that.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny you say that because I was uh, driving back after going to the grocery store before you guys got here. There was a cop behind me and I was like, huh. Pull me over, I dare (laughs) you.
2: I'm not doing anything wrong.
0: Cars registered, bitch. What are you going to (laughs) do? I got a clean record and you can't do shit.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There's no drugs in here. I'm not wasted.
0: You can't call my PO. No. And you know what? It's all sealed. So fuck you. You can't find it
2: anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Is that one of the beauties of drug court? Is that what happens? Yes. Oh, that's pretty amazing. I like that. Mm. It's like the ARD program.
1: I wouldn't know. I've never been convicted. Caught Ouch. many times. Never convicted.
2: It's crazy because I feel like you were the biggest criminal of us all.
1: Mm. That well, would be Maybe weird.
2: not. Nah, probably JP. That was rightful, I guess.
1: Good lawyers. So what do we want to talk about first? Do you want to talk about time or you want to talk about fate?
0: Well, I think time can roll into fate. Okay. Fair enough. So, Or fate rolls into time. Oh.
2: Damn. Oh,
0: speaking
1: of which, JP gave me a ration of shit earlier cuz he was listening to the last episode and he's like, "You
0: never got to the point." <laughs> well, uh, you are ta- uh, Well, you know what? Half the time I'm not really listening. So maybe I did get to the point. You you're might just have. a terrible listener. The last one I heard was before you, we went to Team Foster thing when you had what's his name back on the show? Oh, Nick. Mhm. Yeah, Nick's a good time. Yeah, he's got a nice voice. That's it what does. Rachel thinks. Yeah, well, I know that's why I said it. Hmm. Oh, let's see if your voice works for Rachel, too. Say hi, Rachel. Hi, Rachel.
1: Mm, we'll see where that goes. Okay. All right, anyways. Uh, I think the point that I was really trying to make last week, and I may or may not have gotten there. I, I think what the, what I'm running from, and I did quite a bit of thinking about this over the last week. Was, did you? Yes. Okay. Because, you know, I have all kinds of time to Netflix and chill with my child and my bird dog while you work 800 hours a week paying the bills, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I think what I was really trying to get to was what I'm running from was like the two decades of wasted time. Ooh. Hmm right Mm -hmm. because again like i i joke around and i talk shit all the time about how my dad beat me and you know my mommy wasn't there and all the all the typical bullshit and i mean don't tell my father this but none of it's true no like i had a great childhood yes you know really did uh and then you know my stepmother came into the picture and she ruined everything but that's okay that's neither here nor there
2: also not true
1: so anyways what i'm running from is like those two decades of inadequacy where i did absolutely nothing with my life except literally partied it away and what am i running to is whatever puts distance between me and those two decades and you know
0: really those feelings that surround that does that make sense it does and you know the thing is is that i was just Speaking, uh, talking with my mother about this, and I was saying, she wrote to me, she said, You know, I'm very proud of what you've accomplished in the last five years. I said, What I'm more interested in is, Can you imagine what I can do in the next five years? Uh. And I've never really ever said, What can I do in the future now that I have some time underneath my belt? Not a lot, but some. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like just what I have accomplished in the last five years, you know, and to be able to say that, and then to actually say, well, what can I do in the future and actually mean it for once and not just be like, uh, in the future, I'm going to put a needle in my arm and then I'm going to get high. Right.
2: Yeah, but to actually have goals in the future or just think you have a future in general.
1: Right. And the and there's now, you know, there's nothing standing in your way from accomplishing those goals except your own negative thoughts and actions, etc. And I guess the negative actions could also be referred to as like the drugs back in the day but i think i could speak for all of us when i say that there's a lot of when you're using it's like well if i could just get clean i can do this i can do that and then you wake up the next day and that cycle starts to repeat itself and you never
0: give yourself the opportunity to get out of your own way and one of the things was is that i would use it as excuse constantly like you were just saying Like, Mm. what can I do? What haven't I done? Or if I only could stop, then imagine what I could do. But now I have a choice. Mm. I can either choose to use again and go back into that vicious cycle, or I can choose not to and continue down this path of sobriety that I have and to be able to do anything that I want to. The only thing I feel that's standing between me and my future are my fears. Yes. Like I'm not good enough to be able to do it when I know that I'm good enough to be able to do that. It's kind of like what you guys were talking about last week, I think, Mm -hmm. when I was kind of listening. So, (laughs) you know, I do have some other, some things that I'm looking at that I would, where I would love to be in five years, but part of me is, am I really good enough to be able to get there? Mm. And then I talked to some of my friends who are in hospitality, things like that, and they're like, stop being a bitch, just go and do it because you can definitely do it right but it's my fear itself that's Mm -hmm. holding me back
1: and i don't think that that's really unique to the alcoholic or the drug addict or anybody in recovery i think again we've talked about this before we talk about it all the time fears doubts insecurities can ruin absolutely everything Mm -hmm.
2: and i think you can always be your own worst enemy
1: without question
2: so we talked about time a little bit so how long Did it take you like was this five-year anniversary that you just had like kind of a wake-up call like Wow, I got five years. I wonder what I can do in the next five like is that the first time you thought about it? Do you think time had anything to do with it?
0: It was the first time that I actually thought wow look where I am Mm -hmm. and Look what I can do if I just get out of my own way Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, for the first time, I'm proud of myself. Yeah. Not because of the house or the car or the different things that I have, but because of who I am. Because I'm happy. Because I, you know, I, and I think I've said this before, like, it took a long time for me to actually call myself a male or a guy or a man. It took me a long time to before I called myself a man. I don't know why. Not because of pronouns or anything like that. <laughs> but... It just was something. And that was part of my story for a long time. Like, Mm. I never called myself a man until I got sober. Do you mean man as in like
1: a grown up? No. Or like, what do you,
0: what do you exactly mean by that? I don't know. Maybe it's because growing up with my being gay and my sexuality that it was hard to place it. Okay. I don't know. So basically, you're a cunt and you have a pussy. (laughs) No, in the gay world, it's called a bussy.
2: A bussy?
0: Yes. Okay.
2: That's a new word I never knew. But
0: pussy, bussy.
2: So time. Is it a certain amount of time or do you think it's the level of work that you've done that got you there? I personally am a believer in... I think we all celebrate milestones and there's something about getting a certain amount of quote-unquote time. I think you see this a lot in the sober world. You know, I have 28 days, I have this and that, which is all something to celebrate, but I've seen people in the program that have 30 years that I don't look at as a sober role model. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. Yeah, it does. I have never been a big counter of time, and I think that that's a lot to do with Like my own shit, my own inadequacies. Do you Uh,
2: think that's your own fear of relapse?
1: I think that that has a lot to do with it as well. Uh, I think that sometimes the the ego gets the better part of me. And I know the kind of addict that I am. It doesn't matter if I have 10 years or 20 years or five days or whatever. I can go back out and and erase all of those 24-hour periods real quick. So to me, time is not necessarily something to celebrate. Yes. It's amazing that I have, you know, four years or four and a half years, whatever it is, because for me, it was at one point in time, a stretch to get 10 minutes of sobriety. Mm. So that is something in and of itself to celebrate. But I don't hang my hat on that, if that makes sense.
2: I think that there's something to be said about the fact, like, I think it's important to maybe have that landmark so that every year you kind of look back on the year, like, that led up to it. And the year ahead, just like JP was saying, like, what did I do in this past year, but what can I still do better? Mm -hmm. You know, so maybe it's like, that's a good way to look at it. Like, it's a benchmark. It doesn't matter if you have one year, five years, 50 years, because I think that, like I said, I don't think sobriety is measured always by time. And I think that's like the amount of work you've done in five years, JP. You know, some people don't do that in 50, you know?
0: Yeah. And, you know, you say sometimes you look at people who have 30 years, and I think when you're speaking about that, it's maybe not the time that they have, but it's the spirituality that they
2: have. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And
0: are they... living their life the way that the steps are rolled out and they talk about within you know the big book like are they living a joyous and happy and free life are they living an honest life are they doing the things that we've learned about over and over again and we're working on it on a daily basis to become better people ourselves are they giving back what was so freely giving to them
2: yeah it's it's like that quantity versus quality yeah you know like, the number doesn't matter as much as, like, the quality 24 hours each day or whatever.
1: Yeah, like, what have you done with it? And, again, it doesn't need to be measured, I, I think, through a bank account. I actually think that that's the 100% wrong way to measure mm-hmm. anything. I don't care what it is. You know, but I, I think nowadays I quantify that in, like, the relationships that I have with people and the fact that we get to come up here and spend time... You know, with JP, and we just spent the weekend in
0: Worcester, Worcester. with
1: good old Mumsy, mm. you know, and it's a very little of my life is measured through financial means, maybe because you there's
2: know. nothing to measure. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's hard like, to it's be proud about of the money. Four dollars
0: in the bank. <laughs> like maybe we could get to five. <laughs> Not when you're buying a new gun every other week, Chris. Well,
2: true story, JP.
1: Right? You know, again, if a bear comes through your door right now, and I mean like an actual four-legged bear, not like a hairy old man. That all bears aren't hairy
0: or er, aren't old.
2: Oh, I thought that's what a bear no. was. No, I no, think a it's bears like fat, fat hairy guy. yeah.
0: Oh, doesn't each doesn't old. matter.
2: Each is just a number.
0: Well, either way,
1: regardless of the variety of bear that walks through the door, you're not going to throw a goddamn paper towel
0: at them. Well, there might be some bears that are waiting out there. They since could the be. red lights are on. They know it's <laughs> the shop is open, mm-hmm. <laughs> which means the asshole is ready to receive. Exactly. Oh. JP's house of penetration. The bu- what is it called? The bussy. The bussy, mm-hmm. which is a, a man pussy. Well, think about butthole pussy man pussy pussy
1: is mangina not acceptable anymore i don't
0: think that's been out chris for a while but i mean you you (laughs) say it on a regular so just stay with it i mean i'm you know chris isn't
2: very woke
0: i mean you should definitely talk to the vase they'll probably be able to tell you
1: i'm a very old school conservative (laughs) kind of guy traditionalist if you will jesus christ all right anywho we've digressed what about you darling the, the darling that I'm married to.
2: I don't even know what the question was at You're this the one point. who
1: posed it, you asked. Right.
2: Oh, I thought I gave my answer. I think you're the only one that didn't answer yet, Chris.
1: No, I answered. Okay. So you don't listen.
2: No, I talked and about- And you shit
1: on me all the time because I don't listen.
2: I talked about time and how I think that um, quality time is more than quantity.
0: Oh, maybe I wasn't listening. Yeah. Did was, you hear that? I did. Yeah. Shit. You this time fucked up. <laughs> fucked up. Mm-hmm.
1: See that's another thing that time gives you in the program The ability to admit you're wrong
2: I don't think you have enough of it yet
1: No Maybe
2: that's still going to kick in
1: It's a work in progress
2: Okay (laughs) (laughs) What
1: can I say? Things to
2: look forward to Mm. in the next five years maybe
1: (laughs) Chris's admissions of wrong Good luck Yeah I was going to say it doesn't happen very often Nope Mm -hmm. I do not have good feelings about that I like to be
2: optimistic
1: All right, so that covers time I suppose yeah yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about fate. Hmm. Yeah. That's a good one, huh? I
2: know. So We were all like super corny and like kumbaya sitting on the patio. Because talk- that's
1: what you do when you don't have heroin yeah. running wild <laughs> through your veins. You have to actually think about actual feelings instead of how warm and delicious this brown sugar is. Wow. Hmm. I wouldn't know Meg didn't bring any cookies this time.
2: <laughs> I did it. I fucked up.
1: I wouldn't allow her to bake. I was like, nobody likes cookies. Cookies are stupid. That's Pack your car said. and let's go. I
2: know.
1: I You're the working.
0: reason I ate your cookies? Yeah.
2: Everyone was upset about it. Even Alice was like, did you bring dessert? And I was like, no, Chris told me they were stupid. Yeah, like
1: 30 seconds later, Alice got throw up drunk. She's fine. She forgot about the cookies. <laughs> literally. <laughs> so fate. That's a good one. This could go in any number of directions, <laughs> right? I Sometimes fate's a good thing. Sometimes fate's a bad thing.
2: I well I think we were talking about it actually Chris on the drive here because we were talking about living in Worcester and how you no longer do that and how you have no plans on doing it again
1: no we actually spent the day in Boston I took Megan and Frankie and brother Rick out to Faneuil Hall Uh, And it was a gorgeous day. It was absolutely lovely. And then we were driving back through Worcester. Those of you Worcesterites that listen to the show know Grafton Street. Grafton Street's like a, a main thoroughfare that runs through the city. And I was like, oh my God, this is so disgusting. And there is a very special place in my heart as far as Worcester is concerned. Like it's where... I was raised, you know, I grew up a lot of my childhood friends obviously live there. It's quite literally the best thing that ever happened to me was leaving Worcester. And it, I don't know. I I feel almost like guilty saying that because uh, I have been given a number of opportunities along the way. Some people have never gotten those opportunities, will not ever get those opportunities. But again, I am really a, a true believer that fate is what brought me to, you know, that rehab in Jersey where I was, you know, plowing one of the other patients and eventually plowing Megan and eventually plowing Auntie KP. I was just
2: going to say, where's this going next? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that's one of those things, again, you know, by no grand plan of my own led me to that one simple, and again, it's easy to look back on that event and say one simple thing, I left Worcester, opened up this entirely new and amazing life of opportunities for me that I don't think I ever would have had had I stayed there, you know? And I think minus you, Megan, like JP, you got, you were uprooted. I met you at a recovery house in
0: Pennsylvania. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to leave Pennsylvania though. Well, that's <laughs> probably you for You landed there good.
2: first, and the rest of the country. No, but what I was, like, that's, you know, before there was me, there was JP. And, like, that is such fate that you two met. And I think you both play an important role in each other's sobriety. And I am could be speaking out of term because I wasn't there. I came on the scene later.
1: That's typically what happens. Mm-hmm.
2: But I don't know if you remember her. I don't know when it was. When did we have lunch with, like, all of our moms? Not my mom, but. It was it last? It was in the fall. Fall, yeah. In the fall, we were up here and we had lunch. And Chris's mom was there, and JP's mom were there. Was there, and it was so cute to watch as like an outsider, because both of them were like, "Oh my god, thank you for what your son did for mine." Like they, they both know. <laughs> like it was very sweet, but it was almost like they were like. My kid's a total degenerate. Thank God yours came along. And then the other one saying the same thing, you know, like they both like acknowledge what an important role you guys played for each other. Mm. So why don't you talk about that? Is that a little too deep for all of you?
1: Uh, Definitely for me. Probably not for you, JP. Why? Because I'm gay? Yeah. Right.
2: I just think you guys have a friendship that is different than most friendships because you went through the trenches together. And I think there's something to be said about that. And it was fate that brought you together, you know?
0: So, I mean, the thing is, is that you, Chris, were talking about Worcester and things along those lines. Mine was a little different. I got in trouble in Pennsylvania, got in trouble in Bucks County, and then I ended up having to go back to where I got my lowest low, hit my bottom. Mm -hmm. So, I wasn't, so the geographical change couldn't really, didn't work for me because I didn't have a choice. Right. You know. Yeah,
2: you didn't get a run from it. Right, yeah. no,
0: I had to run back at it. Yeah, <laughs> <You know? laughs> and live
2: in it for 18 months. Right,
0: And, you know, talk faith. There were so many times I remember walking on Market Street in Center City. And a kid who used to, like, sell for me on the side, I literally ran into him. And he, I think he was the person who, I think he got in trouble and he turned me in.
2: Oh, really? He
0: did. And then... One other time I was going into Center City and the first guy who I was buying from, I had to sit next to on the train. Oh, my God. Well, that's God. a little uncomfortable. <laughs> so, you know, there's faith is so many things, but when you, for me, as long as I'm spiritually fit, I'm able to, to take care of those things. But when Chris, I mean, d- the way we met was actually f- a little funny. I mean, I was doing, what, IOP. I was going to court once a week. I was working a full-time job. I was th- all these different things, and we were living in a house, and I remember coming home to one of the weekly meetings, and I looked over at one of the other guys, and I was like, who's that person? They're like, who? I'm like, the new kid. They're like, we haven't gotten anybody new in a couple weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I go, what are you talking about? A couple weeks? They're like, yeah, yeah, no, his name's Chris. He's from Blake, Boston. And then he started speaking, and I was like, holy shit. He because is. He is it's from Boston. <laughs> I mean, we did. We hit it off. Um, you know, I mean, was there were so many different things. Like, got to know each other. We got to talk about New England and things along those lines. And living, and growing up in these areas that we both knew. And I had family that was just outside of Worcester. And we had that bond. I mean, every Sunday we went fucking food shopping together for all those assholes. Mm-hmm. But it was our Sunday. And other people would want to join us. And we would be like, nope. Like, you're nope. not coming with us it was our that's what we did on sunday sorry not gay enough no nope. <laughs> definitely not yeah, It's
2: very like cute old married couple actually oh
0: well it, he would also buy us winter like christmas headbands mm-hmm. we would sing god what was uh, gloria it was, no it was the
1: pointer sisters gloria is my my sober jam oh well uh, it was a song by the pointer sisters i can't remember oh he, uh he's so shy we sing
0: a lot, of, a lot of songs together. Aww.
2: Mm-hmm. I remember Chris and I were dating actually when you finished drug court and we're moving back up to New England. And I remember he was all fucked up by it. I don't know if you even know this.
0: No, I didn't know that. I oh, think this yeah. is where
2: Megan
1: makes shit up, but no. I, I'll entertain it because we're running pretty lengthy on time here. So go ahead.
2: He was all like, you know, up and hit one of his little like tizzies, this that, like whatever, a little, a little nutty, and um. Finally, he said to me, and my gay is going back to New England, and I'm very upset.
1: (laughs) I actually don't think I ever said that.
2: You did. You said I'm having a hard time with it. My gay is going back to New England. I'm having a hard time with it.
1: I was definitely, I was having separation anxiety. There was something, I don't know, comforting uh, about, you know, having you around. Because whether you know it or not, JP, like you helped me through a lot of things that I was incapable of getting myself through. And like, and anybody that knows, you know, those first couple months of sobriety, six months, year, 18 months, whatever it is, you are better off bouncing things through other people mm-hmm. or off of other people before you go out and make your own decisions. And you were that person for me, you know, yeah. um, in to get to be rid or to be released or to be separated from that safety net and i was obviously you know in a fucked up not a fucked up time in my life but like a huge transitional period you know and i didn't know megan like that i mean obviously now well you know her vagina goddamn moose knuckle
2: i mean you proposed like 15 minutes later you must have knew me kind of well
1: it was 30 days You're right. Well, again, you know, I was in a bad spot. But anyways.
2: Beyonce has nothing on us. um,
1: (laughs) I think, you know, I think Megan ultimately became, I don't want to use the word crutch, but like that's, that's almost what it is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, any married couple or exclusive couple or whatever knows you start in one place and then you end up in this other place. And maybe that's, I don't know, I I don't, I've never been married to anybody else. Megan, you've been married several times. (laughs) Maybe you can offer a little bit of insight here, but I think that that's one of those ways that you really nourish a relationship is you have those, those hard talks and those vulnerable moments and you bounce things off of each other and you know, you see where it goes and that when JP left, like that was a big void in my life, you know? I really like the way I sound tonight, by the way. You do that's sound good, very honey. good. Sexy. I mean, I'd blow you. You think it's the red light? it wasn't you.
2: Yeah. Well, that's
1: weird. What? I'd blow you if it wasn't you. His
2: feelings are, his ego is like in the trash Yeah, right then now. who does it
0: have to be? Somebody with your voice with a bigger dick.
2: <laughs> Fair.
0: Yeah, no, that's, I get that. I have a small dick. <laughs> like, I, I
1: hold no grudge against you for that. I would expect. Go ahead, get it out. Can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. So, what about you, baby girl? Like, what's fate for you? Like, what is something besides your moose knuckle? Besides your moose knuckle, that is so wildly unexplainable that there's no other, no other reason for it besides, you know, higher power, fate, whatever you want to call it.
2: Um. So, I think, I mean, obviously, you. But I always say my DUI. Um, In Mm. fact, I have gone like there was a whole pandemic thing and that got dicey. But uh, for a while after I got my DUI every year, I would go back to the police station. I brought soft pretzels or like something. You know what I mean? It's interesting. Yeah. To thank them for that DUI because that changed my life. Like mm. I was going downhill quickly, but I didn't want to stop. So that hard stop by the police. Um, was kind of what got the gears in motion so you know as terrible as I feel about the fact that I drove drunk I um I mean that saved my life I say that all the time and then I I always say you and I know that sounds so silly and like too so corny but like Chris and I I think both admit it like there's no reason we should have ever found each other and the fact that we did it's crazy. Like we were talking about on the drive here. Like I could not imagine spending the rest of my life with anyone else. Like,
1: which is interesting because I'm sure you said that to your first husband on more than one occasion. But that's okay.
2: And Keep I going, darling. can't Feed stand my ego. you ninety percent of the time. However, <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> now we're
1: being honest.
2: However, there's no one that challenges me sometimes in a bad way but a lot of times in a good way more than chris does and so we're driving mm. here and we we're talking about like girls and online dating and all this kind of stuff and i you know i was like oh god my dating profile was like so corny i was like wearing a yellow rain jacket and i don't know how did you know and chris was like i did and i swiped right on everyone i was like you did here i was thinking it was like god coming down and placing us together but really it was just Attic behavior. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, I that's I, literally it's a game of numbers. You swipe right on everybody and you get what you get.
2: Yeah. But anyway, I don't know. And maybe you don't feel that way, but I 100% think that us meeting and somehow getting it together enough to end up together was fate.
1: I agree wholeheartedly. Again, I, I couldn't necessarily articulate the various hard lefts and hard rights that I made that led me to you know that first encounter with you some of them obviously horrendous some of them you know would win an Emmy but again there's absolutely no reason that a frankly lost and broken kid from Worcester could end up in the state of Pennsylvania and and have met you there's no reason
2: So here we all are, the three of us. And so sitting out back tonight, I was feeling very, uh, like I said, kumbaya, you know? That's because you wanted
0: fucking s'mores.
2: I still want the s'mores. That's not over yet. Uh. But how did we all get so freaking lucky to be able to sit here tonight?
0: Well, you got lucky because of Chris and I. Yeah, it's a good point.
2: So no God for me Just the two of you (laughs) Yeah No That's
0: it
1: We're your God
2: No it's true Like And then I get to be part of this little threesome here You know That's cute That you let me in I thought you'd like the threesome (laughs) drop.
1: I think JP wishes you had more hair And a bigger dick too (laughs) More hair Yeah like a hairier chest Uh, I could care less No No Okay Do you like them shaven Chest
2: Yeah I just like a normal guy
1: there's no such thing as normal. It's fucking 2022.
2: You're thinking too much into it. Yeah, That's what I do. Yeah, you're overanalyzing.
1: I mean, do you like a girl with hairy tits? No, a pulse is pretty much all I require. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure there was a point in my life where a pulse was
0: not Optional. even
2: mandatory.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: it's like abs.
2: What's the biggest fate moment in your life, JP?
0: Probably getting those handcuffs put on me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm. I had... Well, I mean, when you kind of doze off, you wake up with five cop cars around you and not really sure what's going on because you had fallen asleep for a few seconds. <laughs> 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 well, who knows how long you slept <laughs> for? Yeah. Maybe more than a few seconds. Who Three days, <laughs> doesn't matter. In a parking lot. And then, you know, you get taken and they, you know, the cops tell you whatever they tell you and you just kind of, I let go. I really did. And I think that's, you know, one of the things, faith. Mean, I wouldn't have gone to jail. And then I wouldn't have been back here, you know? I mean, uh, actually, to be honest with you, everything so far since I've been sober, I think it has everything to do with faith. There was a rehab in Florida that I wanted to go to that was all men. That was $80,000 a month. My mother told me no. I don't Holy know why. I don't why know, did you even I,
2: ask? What, what an asshole you are. Well, what parent says
0: no? Uh, well, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, uh, I thought she was going to say yes. Um, I found the perfect place to go to was faith. It was God or my higher power that put me there. Mm-hmm. God or my higher power put me into drug court. And then they put me into Independence Lodge. And yeah. that's where we met and things along those lines. And like that, that had nothing to do with me. That had everything to do with somebody else, something else. Right. You know,
1: as much as you'd like to think it was. You know, some of your own planning or what have you. Right. But, you know, like I say all the time, it would, by no grand plan of my own or clearly any of the steps that I took, you know, I made all the mistakes, made all right. the wrong turns that mm. put me in the right place at the right time. Right. And that's literally made all the difference in the world for me. Yeah.
2: And I think, though, like you said, after all that, the faith and believing in a higher power. Um, now you get the choice to make better decisions, to do the next right thing. Like, there's still someone, something bigger guiding that, but you actually have, like, the self-control and the the wherewithal to, like, make the right decision.
0: And it's not just that. It's that, you know, like you're saying, you know, today I can let people into my life if I choose to, and I can let people out. When I was using, I didn't have that choice. The people that were in my life was because I had something that they wanted.
2: Yeah, it was -hmm. a need. And I wanted to feel important
0: and I wanted to feel like special or something along those lines. So I would use what I had to get what I wanted from them. Mm -hmm. Right. And I didn't have a choice whether or not I was friends with them. They were there because I needed to use them and they needed to use me. Yeah, it was out
1: of necessity. Mm -hmm. Not because you wanted them there or anything other than you needed them to feed the demon, yeah, the beast, the, the ego, beast. What it, whatever you want to call it, you know, the bear. Oh, I wonder if the bear's outside They're still.
0: Not yet.
2: Knock, knock.
0: We got about another seven minutes before <laughs> they show up. Well, oh, well, in that case, <laughs> will the
2: s'mores be ready by then? Jesus Christ, are the <laughs> s'mores, fucking One track point.
1: Seriously, yeah. we have s'mores and bears coming. Mm.
2: <laughs> it's a perfect combo.
1: You and got anything? Bussy else? everywhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. Bussy. <laughs> All right, say good night, darling.
2: (laughs) Good night, I'm Megan, and I'm an alcoholic.
1: Say good night, my other darling. I'm JP, and I'm an alcoholic. Good night. I'm Chris. I'm an alcoholic. Cut off your pet's privates. And please, if you are struggling in any way, put your hand up, reach out,